What is up, everyone? Welcome back to episode number four of the Nonstop Baseball Podcast. Let's go! <laughs> My name is Noah. I dive at least three times every slow pitch softball game. Right here, we got Brian. One time, he absolutely ran me over when we were both going for a pop fly. <laughs> hey, I we, caught it, though. That's all that yeah, matters. He caught it. And then we got brand new host. He was a, go- a guest last week. The most beautiful right-handed golf swing I've ever seen in my life. We got Adam. What is We're up, making baby? promotions back, out back here? Back by popular demand. Yeah, you all asked for it, and he's back. Brian, you got some news for us? Oh, yeah, man. So it's been a long time coming. We kind of threw this podcast together, and we weren't able to get on Apple Podcasts right off the beginning. But now we are on Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, shout out to you. If you're listening on Spotify, we love you. If you're listening anywhere else, guess what we also love you indeed no yeah and if you want to support us just keep listening interact with us on social media that non-stop bb pod on twitter and instagram and hey, if, yeah if you want to do something extra leave us a leave us a little five-star review on apple Podcasts. we already got one shout out ethan we appreciate it very much that helps we us appreciate you yeah we just get once the more five-star reviews we get the more apple podcast kind of throws our name into other people that are listening to other baseball podcasts. So we appreciate that greatly. Appreciate you. <laughs> so how are you guys doing? doing? Doing good. Yeah, doing good. The Red Sox just had a nice little comeback. Extra innings win against the Orioles. Love what it. they got five in a row now. It's, yeah, man. it's going well. Hey, do you know what? I was I was giving the Red Sox a hard time last week. They were my doo-doo poo-poo team of the week. And they showed up this week, proved me wrong. They're like, hey. We don't want to be the doo-doo poo-poo team of the week anymore. And they popped off. I love to see it. We're yeah, I told you. An impact out here. Yeah, I told you you just got to be patient with this team. It's just three games. Also, quick um, just note for all listeners, we're recording this Saturday night. So maybe something happened Sunday that we didn't yeah. get to. But just just a quick little disclaimer right there. Yeah, love to hear it. Man, dude, your oh. slow pitch introduction though just had me going back. We start our league tomorrow. Oh, I'm pretty I, pumped. That has me amped up. I'm excited. Not excited to try and read fly balls in the outfield <laughs> after <laughs> over a year of not doing so. <laughs> I feel that. I haven't moved in a year. Oh, no, yeah, it's crazy. So Let's take a little peek at the standings. What are some things that stick out to you guys when you look at the standings? Adam, we'll start off with you. Austin, they're they're back. Oh they're yeah, at the baby. top of the AL East. Let's go. Good for them. <laughs> the Angels are climbing back to the top of the AL West. I want to see them keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Cincy no holding it strong NL Central. Dude, shout Good out to Tyler Naquin. Yeah, dude, seriously. Dude, shout out that entire Reds offense, though. Like, yeah, Cincy's um, offense is fun to watch. They're they're frying right now. They're just on fire. I love it. Now, I told you they under uh, during the division breakdowns, I was saying Cincy really underperformed offensively last year, and I was looking for a bounce back this year. I mean, it's not going to be this all year, but I expect a solid op- offense from them, no doubt. Yeah, no, man. They Honestly, I, they look like an early favorite for that division. Like, that division doesn't look too close early on. That's like way too early, blah blah blah. Yeah, too yeah, early, too early to really call. But but it's nice to see. Yeah. Now, also, you know, it's nice to see. I'll shout it out right now. Here we go. Ground ball to shortstop. Kim will go to first. The San Diego Padres get their first no hitter in the history of the franchise, and it belongs to San Diego's own Joe Musgrove. Sending the Friar Faithful into a frenzy. <laughs> what a call. That must be such a cool moment, man. First one of franchise history. First yeah. first one of Joe Musgrove's uh, life. He never <laughs> threw one in like any lower division stuff, like as a kid or anything. That's crazy uh, when you think about how dominant he must have been still against like, you know, all the exactly. other little seventh graders. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. When you think of the cream of the crop that gets to the MLB to have never thrown a no hitter at any point and have your first one come in, in the majors. That's wild. Yeah, man. It, it must be such a cool moment as a giants fan. I feel like I was definitely spoiled throughout the 2010s 
there was yeah you got to watch that you got to watch the Padres get no hit twice by the same guy yeah no the um Tim Linscombe Matt Kane Madison Bumgarner man definitely spoiled as a Giants fan in 2010 but even though they're a division rival I'm excited for the Padres it's a great moment very very cool oh yeah long overdue for that franchise yeah, yeah for sure. sure. The last ones to have it. Am I the only one on the podcast that's been to a no-hitter live? Ooh. Probably. I, I haven't. I've never been to a no-hitter. I feel like yeah. that's something I'd remember. <laughs> yeah, I think it I think it was <laughs> no, I was at the Sean Manaya no-hitter against the Red Sox a few years oh, ago. Super cool. 2018, yes. yeah. I do remember watching every pitch of the Matt Kane perfect game. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, speaking of, Joe, Joe Musgrove was one hit by pitch away from a perfect game. Oh, my gosh, That's yeah. He, hit, he hit Joey Gallo, and if he didn't, it would have been perfect. What, what inning did he hit him in? I don't know. It was like the fourth. Oh, dude, that's brutal because it's like yeah. kind of early on, too. I got a question for you. What's more frustrating of a – well, like it's – neither of them are incredibly frustrating because they both got no hitters, but – Clayton Kershaw, when he got the no-hitter, that was just a Hanley Ramirez error away from a perfect game or the Joe Musgrove hit by pitch away from a perfect game. I would say error, de- oh, error yeah. is so much worse. I, it, it depends on whose viewpoint you're looking from, man. Like as a team, the as error the, for sure. As, as an a pitcher. As a pitcher, the error is worse. Yeah. But like I feel like the hit by pitch is also frustrating because that's you. Right. Yeah. But but there's a difference between but there's you you have to think of like the that was a slip up from a from the pitcher to hit by pitch i messed up my perfect game unfortunate yeah. but if no, i'm dealing i'm perfect and my shortstop screws it up i'm that would rile me up so much worse. I, yeah <laughs> I, I i feel i get what you're saying like it's more frustrating knowing someone else ruined the moment for you yeah but absolutely also i feel like knowing it's a hit by pitch and you did it would be it would be annoying yeah. while the air is frustrating yeah that's slight difference. They're they're both not great, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still a no hitter. No, for sure, you can't complain. I'd also just hate knowing that my shortstop is probably just so pissed at himself <laughs> for like the rest of his life. Oh yeah, oh, oh for gosh. sure, man, dude. Hanley Ramirez probably beat himself up about that one. Yeah, yeah. other good pitching performance. Lance Lynn, complete Ooh. game shutout. Yeah, man, that looking dude is so good. Love mass. watching Lance Lynn because he's just a fastball thrower. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Why bother with other pitches? Who needs? He them? just throws it up there and says, "Hit me." You won't love it. Yeah, mass equals gas, which leads <laughs> me to uh, yeah, Dallas Braden on Starting Nine podcast. Shout out. Um, he had he had Lance Lynn as his dark horse Cy Young pick. How do you how do you guys feel about that? Especially looking at the AL. I know we talked about it's there's not quite the same level of pitching that there is in the NL. So how do you feel about a maybe Lance Lynn, dark horse, Cy Young? I'm, I'm kind of on board with it. It's, it's definitely a dark horse pick. It's not something like, you know, you don't hear Lance Lynn and go, Oh yeah. Shoe in for a Cy Young, but it is in the AL. Yeah. No, they, they mostly that. suck at pitching. Yeah. <laughs> I think as a dark horse, it's a great pick. Like in terms of when we're looking at those like kind of underrated guys who maybe, we may overlook at first. He's a great yeah. pick. I mean, I feel like for most of Lanson's career, he's kind of been overlooked. So it doesn't yeah. necessarily surprise me because he's been don- – like I was looking at his stats the other day and I was like, I did not realize how long this guy's been pretty good. Like, Yeah. I mean, he's had 10 years. He's been a all-star once. He's, I think he's got a career ERA of like three and a half. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I think especially this year in this day and age, if he's just like head and shoulders above everyone in terms of innings pitched and then has a mid three, low three ERA, like, I don't know. I, I really value innings pitched, especially in today's, today's, you know, game. And um, yeah, last year he averaged like six and a half innings per start. And I know it's just a 60 game season, but still like if he could go out and just, you know, other pitchers will have the domination stuff, the case per nine. But I think if you get those innings pitched with a low ERA, he's got a shot at a Cy Young for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Cy Youngs, uh, wait, has Johnny <laughs> Cueto not... ever won a Cy Young? <laughs> no, I don't think. No way. Right? <laughs> not to my knowledge. There's no yeah, way. I don't know why I was about to say that. That sounded <laughs> weird. This and then... <laughs> The NL Cy Young this year. Uh, <laughs> I definitely not, do not think that. Even though Johnny Cueto has i want to bring him up he was one out shy of a complete game shutout his velocity is back up which we've seen it down for a while so 
as a Giants fan, it's exciting to see it. I mean, dude, he pitched eight point. <laughs> I was about to say eight point two. I meant to say eight and two thirds innings. Uh, he gave up four hits, one run, one walk, seven strikeouts. Like, that's a really good Johnny Cueto game. I'm excited to see him start to get healthy because he kind of hadn't been healthy the last two years. But, mm. but my sad part about this is, I do not think if he continues playing like this, he is on the team at the end of the year. I think they will trade him if he's pitching this good. Yeah. How many, do you know how much longer he's got on his contract? I want to say this is the last year. I believe every giant is a free agent after the season, except like the guys who are on arbitration and like Tommy LaStella and uh, uh, Jake McGee, every other like pitcher, big name. Oh, and Longoria. He's under contract, but like Posey, Belt, Crawford, all those guys are off contract after this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. And well, it's a club option, but no, yeah, I don't think they're yeah. going to pay him 22 yeah, million. Would, next year. <laughs> that wouldn't be a great business. Decision. Yeah, yeah. But I'm excited, man. It's just, it's good to see the giants playing good baseball. Makes me yeah. happy. I mean, off of pitching, let's talk about the other side. How about some wild hitting? Ooh. Kill Badu. Hitting everything. Ooh. Dude, his story is crazy being a rule five pick. Like, I feel like I've never seen a rule five pick be this dominant. Yeah, I can't think of I can't think of one. Doesn't I, happen often or yeah. ever. Dude, I always feel like I hear about the rule five picks the Giants have every year, and then they just end up not being on the team a couple weeks later. Like yeah. it's just yeah. it's wild. But let's start talk about the start this guy had to his professional career. First three games, his first pitch he saw. He had a home run off of. That's just insane, dude. Yep. I mean, might as, well, might as well swing hard that first pitch, you know? Yeah, yeah no, no reason not to. But the amount of nerves you must have had, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the nerves are gone when you do that, and then you get a grand slam, and then you walk a team off all in your first three games. Your former player. team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, my gosh. You can't. Oh, my gosh. Just hitting, like, a homer off your former team no matter how many years you have on the show, that's got to feel good. But in your like first week in baseball, I can't imagine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That dude, he was, uh, he, he was definitely amped up playing probably some of the best baseball he's ever played. It'll be yeah. interesting to see how he keeps it up throughout the season though. Now, yeah. but um, uh, speaking of young hype machines, we got the Yerminator in his in the home debut doing this. Two and one to Mercedes. And your main tattoos this ball. Oh, where is it gonna land? Bring him home. Welcome to Chicago 73. Oh my gosh. If you have the chance, I highly encourage just looking up. Yermin Mercedes, 485-foot home run. (laughs) Everything about it is great. Just having this huge guy at the plate standing up there. The bat flip is very sassy. And he's just lighting the world on fire, and Chicago is absolutely loving him. So good to watch. And anytime you've got an announcer going, where is it going to land? It's a good hit. (laughs) yeah for sure it's normally the kind of calls you get for like a joey gallo home run (laughs) yeah yeah no it dude he's definitely hit the ground running this season it's been fun to watch your mean mercedes hit Uh, you want want to take a little bit of a different direction maybe not player news not events that has actually happened in baseball but discuss the new patriots day Red Sox uniforms that they're going to be wearing the two days before the Boston Marathon. Then on, well, actually no, because the Boston Marathon's delayed. But Patriots Day, they're going to wear the classic ones that say Boston and they look like Red Sox uniforms. But yeah. these new, uh, not Chicago Bruins, <laughs> UCLA, <laughs> UCLA Bruins uh, looking uniforms. What do you guys think of them? Dude, my first reaction when I saw those is like it legit looks like something the Bruins would wear. Like. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they look dope, man. Yeah, you definitely have the, that initial reaction of like, that doesn't look like a Red Sox uni. But I'm all for it. Give me more temp unis. I dude, like I would. Yeah, dude. I would love some more alternates in baseball. Like, dude, why not? Like, you play yeah. 162 games. Like, get funky with it. Yeah, I mean, and, you, and like, ones that come to mind, like, 
just throwbacks. They don't even have to be like super like fancy. Like the Reds throwbacks are so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sick to look at. Talking about the Reds, their sleeveless jerseys on point. Yeah. I think that's the second time we talked about Dude, it. They're just they're so good. They're hilarious. They're nice. Yeah, they're dope. No, yeah, I, I agree. I like them. When I first saw them, I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about these, but it's like we're wearing them two days out of the yeah. year. Like exactly. I'm down for them. Yeah. Like I'm down for some crazy jerseys if they're only worn like a game or two a season. Like I don't want any crazy jersey being the everyday. Like right. the Heat, the Miami Heat, like those ugly jerseys they have. You guys know what I'm talking about? The, oh, like, yes. the Miami, the Miami like Vice ones. Like the no, but tone. This one, they, their old Vice jerseys were awesome. Yes, the, the current the, one. They were the, great. This year it sucks. It's oh, just it's like so disgusting. Half pink, but, half blue. But mm. my problem is, if they wore those once or twice, nobody would care. I just yeah. feel like every other time I see the heat on, they're wearing I, those just ugly jerseys. I just want to see. I want to see every baseball team be the Oregon Ducks. I want to see a new New Jersey every day. <laughs> that would be too much. That'd be intense. Well, I mean, dude, I'd be super down. I, I want to see the Giants just like with neon orange pants. <laughs> I mean, like, why not? <laughs> well, why it's not? For, like, That's my us, point. Like, yeah, for a game. Yeah, dude. Like, if the Giants came out in an all orange hat, that would actually be pretty sick. It'd be cool. Yeah, like, I mean, there's so much that you can do with with every team's like general uniform. Yeah. Do something interesting. Like, even the NFL throughout the color rush. Like, yeah, dude, the color rush isn't great for every team. Some teams it's dope. Other teams it's kind of whatever. Yeah. But like, they're experimenting. They're trying new things. I don't know why the baseball doesn't do that. Well, because you have teams like the Yankees that, if the Yankees played a home game not in pinstripes. I think that all the old heads would simultaneously have an aneurysm and die <laughs> like on the spot. They'd see the Yankees show up to a, to Yankee stadium, not in pinstripes and they would actually just die. So speaking of the Yankees, Rugnid or Doer got traded there. Was that this week or last week? I think that was this. Week. I don't know. It was recently uh, and we didn't talk it about recently. it last episode. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so if you've ever seen Odor play, he's always had this big beard. And now oh, that he's yeah. on the Yankees, he has to shave it off. No and the beard. picture of him without a beard is hilarious. Like, it doesn't look like him. It's a different person. I haven't it's seen like, it. I gotta look this guy. But yeah, no, that's a, honestly, that's like, I think me and Noah were kind of talking about this, how there's just some outdated traditions in baseball. And I think we even brought up the Yankees with their having to shave their beard. Like, yeah, I, I mean, just, that's, that's such an, it's part of people's like look and brand. Like, yeah, I do bring up the Yankees as like a point of, of, contention but at, at the same time there is some like there is something nice about those traditions yeah but at least I to some degree jerseys, but like a beard like that's so like yeah the facial hair thing's a little bit oh my gosh looks cool. so young yeah dude he looks like <laughs> a completely different person it's hilarious <laughs> oh my gosh but going back to where this started the red sox new jerseys they look sick i'm excited to see them wear it but did you guys see the Red Sox game where they were playing the Rays and Randy Rosarena made that insane catch? Yeah. Yeah. Should yeah, never dude. that that's a that's a ball that should never be caught. Dude, just insane. Yeah, I think it was the next day he had a, a rough day in the outfield and everyone already immediately I saw a bunch I saw baseball Twitter being like, Rosarena sucks at playing the outfield. And I was <laughs> like, Okay, he's playing right field at Fenway. That's a tough right field. And like yeah. he literally just the other day he had a great day in the outfield. <laughs> Dude, the crazy part about Rosarena is he's still a rookie. Like, I know there's all this hype around him because of last year, but at the end of the day, he's a rookie. This is his first full season. There's going to be growing pains. It's going to mm. happen. Like, nobody, very, I, sh- I shouldn't say nobody, but very few players hit the majors and don't have growing plane- pains at the plate or field. Like, it's just going to happen. Yeah. And I want to, I was uh, in our previews. I was on the not sure if a Rosarena is legit trained, but I'd like to officially mark that I'm on the Rosarena <laughs> is legit. Is legit. <laughs> but uh, not as like, I mean, as a solid, like very solid 800 yeah. or higher I, OPS. I feel like at he some point, a, go for it. Oh, I, was, I feel like at some point too, everybody that just comes out of the race farm system, you just have to assume that they're good. <laughs> like they're so they bring up good talent so consistently yeah no they definitely do but like with the rosarena i think he has long-term potential to be really good i'm not sure if he'll ever be as great as he was in the postseason last year oh yeah that's... but i think he'll be around a long time and i think he'll be a solid player for a long time 
I got an interesting question for for you guys. It's early in the season, but he's having a great year. Where do, do you think Byron Buxton is in the MVP conversation, or is it just a hot start? See, here's what it comes down to. He's in the AL, so he's already lost to Mike Trout. But <laughs> in the, the odd situation where Mike Trout does not win MVP, I mean, dude, this is everything we thought Buxton would be when he was like that hype prospect. And more, because he got the power. Well, I feel like when he was coming up, people were hyping him up as like, I feel like the power was like kind of left out of thought once he got to the majors. Mm -hmm. As a prospect, like I think you were hearing about this guy has power, speed, average, defense, and we just never really saw the power. But now, oh man, that power. He's hitting for average too. Yeah. At least for now. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, dude, his OPS is insane right now. It's super are you early? Are you familiar with OPS Plus? Oh, yeah. I feel like I knew what it was. I forget. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll ex- I'll explain it. So OPS Plus. So if you have an OPS Plus, it compares this player's OPS to the average OPS in the league. So if they have the average MLB OPS, their OPS Plus is exactly one hundred. So Byron Buxton's OPS plus is 362, which oh, means man. his OPS is 262% better than the average major league player yeah, right dude. now. I was looking at his OPS right now, which for those of you who don't know, OPS is on base percentage plus slugging. And it's almost a 1.6, which is just insane. Like that is crazy. Mm. What a, yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, MVP candidate, sure. MVP winner, it's Mike Trout. We'll see. Do you I think don't... he's? Do you think he's top eight at the end of the year? Oh yeah, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll say yes to top eight. I'd say I, top I, eight. I'll say yeah too. Yeah, but uh, something else I want to bring up while we're talking about the twins is Nelson Cruz. I know we talked about it last week. This dude's just not aging, man. There's the MVP right there, baby. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, I saw a highlight today. I don't know if it happened today or another day, but he took a ball deep to right field, and it didn't even look like he hit it that hard. Like, it looked <laughs> like he was late and kind of just slapped it to right field, and it's going over the fence. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of not hitting the ball hard, but it goes out, this might break Adam's heart a little bit, but you, I don't know if you saw, but Shohei Otani was absolutely fooled on a pitch. <laughs> And it was like, and then the hit it out anyway. Yeah, and he hit it out <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it Dude, Otani is such a good hitter. It, I don't know, man. Otani is insanely good. Otani's crazy. Very potentially the most talented person in the league. It, it would be weird because I feel like we're going to get to a point in a year or two with Otani if he doesn't start pitching more consistently, where like I could see an argument that maybe he should just play defense and become a hitter. Well, LA has toyed around with the idea of having him just be a Sunday starter. Yeah. Well, they tried that that last year, right? Well, I think that's the plan still this year, too. Yeah, it's still the plan this year. He's got a blister right now. But that's the – that idea, just that concept of essentially having a sixth rotation guy who just only starts, you know, once a week at most, it's interesting. That's It's a good spot. I thought they said they weren't going to do that this year. Am I crazy in saying that? No, they – that is, I'm fairly certain, still the plan. Okay. Yeah. You'd be I mean, foolish. You'd be foolish to not pitch Otani. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I thought it would be a thing though, where like he was supposed to just go every fifth day. I didn't think it was a Sunday thing no. this year. I think they were not being as strict with the rest days. Like they're you know let him hit more. I think is what they're coming oh, this okay. year saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could be wrong. No, that totally makes sense. I mean, dude, I honestly could see an argument where he's their second best hitter yeah right now especially yep so i i would love to see him in the batter's box more speaking of best hitters tyler naquin (laughs) just hitting everything out of the park league league leader for home runs right now yeah oh my gosh just another just another batter in the on the reds that just seems to hit everything yeah with Castellanos and Naquin right now both those guys are just on a little power surge to start the season it's a fun team to watch yeah yeah oh my gosh do you oh speaking of just some big hits did you did you see the Giancarlo Stanton Grand Slam 471 
I thought you were gonna take that somewhere else, but yes, dude. <laughs> but it was, Wasn't that the pitch that literally was just like a fastball right down the middle? Um, I don't know. Let me watch right now and let, let us listen. Okay. LeMay. Oh. The third, judge to second, Hicks to first, and here is Stanton. Oh, oh this video is longer than. Uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah. a fastball down the middle. Yeah. Literally like, just dude. right over the center of the <laughs> yeah, plate. Dude. Like, if, like, I'm not going to say it's not crazy how far Stanton hit it. But the yeah. fact, like, you throw a fastball right down the middle like that. 90, most, 92 piece, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most hitters who are power hitters are going to hit it 470 feet. Like, mm-hmm. that thing was yeah. served up. But good for Stanton, man. It's good to see him out yeah, not there suck on like the he field. did the first week. <laughs> Yeah, that too. Yeah. Oh, man. And uh, speaking of balls hit hard, the soda walk off on their opening day, it was crazy. I don't know. It was, you know, just a little low line drive, but I've never seen a ball so low get to the wall that fast. I don't know if you guys saw that clip. Yeah. The only, the only people that like I remember doing that. Yeah. I don't even, it's just a line drive that just yeah. happens to get out. Yeah. And if we want to talk about the real power hitters, uh, oh, yeah. What about Pablo Sandoval, dude? Just Dang. a pinch hit machine. <laughs> yeah, good for him. I wouldn't want him fielding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, he could play some first base. He, he can get away. He, with it, I though. mean, he's he was actually he's still a good third baseman. I say uh, good. He's an okay third baseman. Yeah, he, he's okay at best. Now, Look, if but... Vladdy could play third, Pablo's fine. <laughs> Vladdy don't see Vladdy at yeah. third most. <laughs> he's not playing third anymore. He played third his and, first year. And though. to be honest, when Pablo Sandoval was Vladdy's age, he was a really good third baseman. He was a really good. Th- <laughs> he was also so, very, less thick. <laughs> yeah, very different. Well, Pablo Sandoval was. Uh, he's always been a thick boy. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, Pablo Sandoval just there's something about Pablo Sandoval and pinch hitting. He's so good at just coming off the bench cold in those moments. He was good at it for the Giants. And even Yastrzemski, who hit a walk-off home run for the Giants this week, afterwards when he was asked about it, he credited his success to Pablo Sandoval. He was like, dude, I learned how to hit in those moments coming off the bench cold from watching Pablo Sandoval do it in San Francisco. So that's really cool. Man, Pablo has already got two like late-inning two-run pinch-hit home runs this year for the yeah, Braves. <laughs> he just he has a knack for it, man. He just off the bench, he gets in a situation that's good for him. And hey, he's been clutch for them. Yeah, for sure. Now some of the worst news coming out of baseball this week. Fernando Tatis Jr. That one was tragic. Just the way it happened, man. A non-contact injury, you never want to see. Same same happened to to Dexter Fowler. Shoulder shoulder subluxation, right, for Tatis Jr. Quick little in and out. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) He swung so hard at a ball in the dirt that he missed. And just <laughs> that's how hard he swung. He hurt himself, which is wild to think about. Yeah. yeah we, then, uh, I was going to say, do you think we see, you know, the Padres talk to Tatis Jr. and him just rein in the intensity a little bit? Do you think we see that? Kind of like Mike Trout, he came up stealing bases left, right, and center, had that uh, thumb ligament injury. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now it's like he's not really diving. He's not stealing bases anymore, but he's playing – more than not, you know. Uh, yeah, I think they would be dumb not to. Maybe yeah. I don't know. That's that's a hard one, dude. You put a lot of money into him. You don't want to change the way he plays, but you also don't want him getting hurt because he swung out of his shoes in the like third inning of a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's true. Uh, there, there's a middle ground there. Like, obviously, you want him playing hard. Like, that's Tatis's brand. The like what three two three three two why did i say two three? <laughs> oh, my brain's not working today like last year when he hit the home run off the three two count or whatever it was what count was it oh three oh yeah i'm all over the place tonight oh my but <laughs> that's tatis's brand so you don't want to change who he is and what makes him good yeah i also think that it would i think it'll be harder to rain tatis and then uh it, it would be for other players i don't know i just feel like he he just just thoroughly enjoys playing like that too, you know? Yeah. And I mean, this was kind of a freak injury in a sense. Like, I don't know. You don't want to change how he's playing just because something crazy like this happened. Yeah. yeah. 
And then let's go on to talk about things that are dumb. Uh, the Nicholas Castellanos suspension. Uh, what, we were hyping this moment up last week, weren't we? It's dumb. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, like it's he didn't do anything to like start a fight. He didn't do anything bad. Like he celebrated. You can't celebrate. If, and then if, he got grabbed by the neck. Yeah. And yeah. then Molina doesn't get suspended. If if punches aren't being thrown, no one should be suspended. Well, I don't think that's always the case. Well, yeah. I mean, but, no, no. obviously there are. I mean, but I mean, like, if there's no like actual real confrontation, no, I, I get what you're saying. Like, yes. come on, it, it was a moment of celebration. The any time a team celebrates, dude. If I flip a bat and the other team gets pissed off about it and comes on field, like I'm not getting suspended. Like yeah. he celebrated. Yeah. I I get that. There's also the whole covid situation too and they really don't want benches to clear but it's like he was just flexed and then walked away and then molina comes up and grabs his neck and then it's like yeah i don't know like especially with him getting suspended and molina not getting suspended it's just like it is very confusing to me mlb is so inconsistent with suspensions and just punishment in general i I mean i understand why molina didn't get suspended because that they said he wasn't suspended for the actions. He was suspended for like inciting it, like starting it pretty much. Well, so do you think if Molina doesn't grab him by the neck, the bench is clear? I don't know. Uh, I think there's a good chance because he would have pushed him if he didn't they grab still him by clear. the neck. Yeah, they, I think they still clear in that situation. But I don't know. It, it was a really weird situation. It's dumb. They suspended a player for being passionate. That, yeah. That's dumb. I don't want <laughs> for skipping and then flexing. <laughs> yeah, man. Like that Castellan, he's one of the hottest hitters right now in the league. Like, let him have his fun, man. Yeah. Yep. More more dumb decisions. Uh the the Marlins losing on a strikeout. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, or, no, or, that... or sorry, a bases loaded hit by pitch. Dude, that is like one of the mm-hmm. worst things. Like I, I literally saw that and I couldn't even comprehend what I was watching. Yeah, horrible, horrible umpiring. Just terrible. Actually, just so bad. The thing is, we shouldn't be talking down upon Conforto, right? He played the game. No, he played the game. Yeah, that's what I I was going to ask you guys if you're mad at Conforto, because I saw some people on Twitter being mad about Conforto, and it's like, dude, he's literally making a decision in a half, like not even a half a second, Yeah, and he's just just out there. The pitch is near him. You're taught as a kid in those situations, like take it for your team. Wear it right mm. wear it and granted he did a little more than wearing it he reached out for it sure which you're not supposed to do like i believe the rule is you have to make an attempt to avoid the ball yeah right? you got to get out of the way or at least yeah. try to get out of the way yeah it's or pretend it's like not, you will so you have to make an attempt there was no attempt he was going towards the ball yeah, yeah. so it's not yeah, it's not great it, by conforto yeah but you can't blame conforto like Dude, you always want to try getting a competitive advantage in any game you play. If there's a way to get a competitive advantage and you're not taking advantage of it, like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, yeah, the the umpiring's the problem. There's literally a rule that says if you get hit by pitch, but it's a strike, it's a strike. That's like it's a strikeout. That's what that is. Dude the most tragic part about it is the ump was literally ringing him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He stopped I, mid-ringing him up to go, oh, it hit him. Yep. No, I thought the worst part was that they the reviewed it? That they reviewed it, yeah. Because I okay, was like, but... I was like, oh, that happened, and I was like, oh, they're going to say, oh, it can't be reviewed. And then it was like, oh, no, wait, we're reviewing this. And then I was watching the Mets broadcast, and Still Ron Darling not. and Keith Hernandez were like, oh, my gosh, you can't do that, Conforto. It's going to get called back. It better get called back. And then it didn't. And the Mets guys are like, oh, my God, that's terrible. But you yeah. have to think about when reviews in any sport, you can't review if the rule was called correctly. You just can review if it hit him. So all they were looking for is did it hit him? And, yeah, it hit him. They, they can't review the rule, which reviewing Dumb. rules, as Adam learned with the Saints, is always hard to do. <laughs> yeah, it's harder. It's also uh, – uh. It's hard. We're not going to talk about the Saints. (laughs) (laughs) It's just in practice, it's really hard to review rules because rules are a judgment call at the moment. Yeah. Delete umpires. New robo umps. Robo umps. 
was maybe not the most tragic uh, story involving the Mets. No, it was, but <laughs> there was another very tragic storyline with the Mets this week. This this storyline you're about to say is continuously tragic. Forever, it's always a problem with the Mets. Yeah, it's just never gone away. So go for it. What Degrom, is yeah, just not getting wins. Yeah, just because the Mets not just only don't not do it. Not getting wins, like. I used to complain about Matt Cain, dude. Matt Cain, the Giants could never score for Matt Cain. Yeah. It not, sucked. The Mets just but don't Matt do Matt Cain's for not even half the pitcher DeGrom is. Like, Yeah. DeGrom's first, his first outing this week, he had, I mean, six fantastic innings, seven strikeouts. Penn, Penn just kills it. Today, eight innings, gave up, a, gave up a solo shot, only five hits, didn't walk anybody. A measly 14 strikeouts. Just lose. My favorite stat about this is in the two games DeGrom's pitched, he has three hits. In those same games, nobody on his team has more hits than him. Like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. it's oh. it's rough. Like, you got DeGrom out here throwing 102-mile-per-hour fastballs, like 93-mile-per-hour sliders. And he's getting <laughs> better. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You, you have right now the best pitcher in baseball on your team, and you can't get him a win. <laughs> he's giving you everything oh, man and he's not even it's not even like he's giving up like three runs like no he's just like score two runs and we win <laughs> yep and the mets then the mets just go yeah it's it's cool <laughs> we'll let the marlins win yeah what has lindor been doing this year i feel like he's been pretty quiet He's been all right. He's been he's been showing up. Nothing, <laughs> nothing extraordinary, but nothing that makes you go. Yeah, oh, he, that was awful. Okay. Yeah, he, he hasn't had like a signature Met moment yet, though, for sure. Well, yeah, no. which but is they not also didn't hard to, they didn't play their first four, series. He's only played yeah. four games, so right. Yeah, yeah. you can't really judge it too much off of yeah, four games. He's got a few hits. He's got an RBI. He's um, walked a bunch. Oh, well, one other thing I wanted to ask you guys about is, uh, what do you think about the Oakland Athletics? Yeah, I was I was just gonna get I was gonna ask a question about that too. Um, I I don't know. Like I think the big question. I think right now they they just won two in a row, three of their last four, which is good. But they did, yes. But the Angels are looking good. The Astros are looking great. And what do you guys think? Who who finishes in front of the other between the Angels and the Athletics at the end of the year? Man. I want to say the Angels so bad just because I want Mike Trout to have a potential to play in the postseason, dude. Yeah. Like, I would love to say the Angels. 100%. Give me the Angels, even though please. The, even though the A's started out 0-6, I still think they're the most likely team to finish in second place. I think that the A's are a better team. I think the Angels will still finish ahead of them. Okay. I like that take. Yeah, I think I got uh, – I think I got the A's – um, I just think Matt Olson, Matt Chapman haven't quite, I mean, Matt Olson had a big home run last, I think two games, but they've both been kind of, Matt Olson's been a little banged up too. And I think Chad Pinder was looking good and then got hurt, but I think they got some good guys that haven't quite got going yet too. And once they do, it'll, I think they'll, I think they'll be pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. For I mean, sure. they'll both be, they'll both still be fun teams to watch. Yeah. But the angels are looking good. And I, I remember people going into the season kind of low on them. I was kind of, I was higher on, I wasn't like high on them, but I was higher than most. And I think they're, they're living up to and exceeding my expectation. They're, they're an upper just, half of the league team. I was just let down by the angels coming into this year, <laughs> but mm -hmm. dude, honestly, I think the biggest thing for the angels is I hate to say this. Cause he's a legend like Albert Pujols. I love Albert Pujols. But they're starting to play him less, and I, I, it's a good thing. Can I say yeah. that? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> at this point in his career, he's not our pool host. The fact he's about to go under 100 career war just really shows how bad he's been in L.A. Yeah. That's... Like, it's tragic. It's a tragic ending to what a great career was. Yeah, and I mean, he's still a good uh, presence in the clubhouse and stuff like that. Oh, but, for sure. Uh... Yeah, it's, but it's, on the other hand of it, the guy who's playing for him a lot, Jared Walsh. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. Man. He's been hot. Yeah, we finished recording the last episode before the walk-off, but did you I don't have the call ready, but did he you went to Jared. He went to Jared. <laughs> yeah, no, it's an amazing home run call. Like the best one. Like that should every time he hits a home run for the rest of his career, no matter where he is, I want to hear it. 
<laughs> he went to Jared. Oh my gosh. But he's he's actually the second highest batting average on the team right now. So outside of that home run, he's been really hot. He's hit three home runs, so two more. He even has a triple. Big boy can move. Um, I love it. No, yeah. I was kind of mentioning uh, throughout the podcast, I've highlighted some players or teams that I've been right about, but I think I want to highlight now one player that I'm very happy that I was wrong about. Craig Kimbrell, I was like, oh, he's just looked real bad in spring and then last year and then in 2019 too. It just wasn't good, but so far this year, he's absolutely just come out and dominated. He even had like a four or five out save recently. He's got nine strikeouts over four and two thirds innings pitched. And I was really nervous about the Cubs bullpen going in this year. And I still don't feel strong about it. It's still early, but uh, they've actually kind of been what's the pitching has been holding them together. Arietta is another guy I was wrong about so far. It's the offense that's kind of been holding them back, but that division's so close. But I'm really Which happy. Is crazy, to, dude. Their offense yeah. has been really struggling, though. Oh my and that's gosh, that's not yeah. something I would have thought going into. The, like, dude, you read the names on that lineup. That lineup sounds legit. Yeah, like they're a good lineup, but they just have not been able to put it together this year. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I'm, I feel strong that they'll they'll bring it back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope they do. I mean. There's a bunch of really good professional hitters on that team, like Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Jason Hayward. Those guys will figure it out. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I guess then, another oh, – oh, no, go for it. You, you okay, go for so it. last week I was uh, fresh off the Giants' bullpen blowing a game. <laughs> and I, I, I need to retract a little bit because I was a really harsh on the Giants' bullpen last week. And since that game, they've actually been really solid. Yeah. I mean – Jake McGee stepped up as a closer. He has four saves and a win, which is huge. We haven't, the Giants haven't had a good closer in so long. Probably the last closer the Giants had that was actually good was Sergio Romo. Romo, yeah. And that, he hasn't been on the Giants for a while now. So yeah. Yeah. it was, it was, yeah, what, Brian Wilson, then Romo? Yeah. And, and then, then, I mean, and then they had Reyes Maranta. They had Reyes Maranta, who was good for one year, but then he had that shoulder injury. He's finally back, but he's not throwing as hard as he used to, but he's still been good. Yeah. It just, he's not the same guy he was then. But uh, yeah, I'm mean, as a Giants fan, that's exciting to see. And also we got to talk about Buster Posey playing catcher. Dude, he has a he's, cannon. He's still good. He he's is still one fact, of the best fielding catchers out there. Still good. It's not even his fielding, dude. He just has a cannon of an arm. Like the two guys he threw out today. That is part just, of fielding. Well, yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> you know what <laughs> that is better. that is in <laughs> fact part of fielding is is throwing the ball <laughs> do you know what just I, i'm having a rough day guys just let me beat <laughs> but yes posey's very good still well yeah he is good still he is still a top 10 catcher yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> absolutely you, you want some uh we're late in the podcast, so we can kind of go into weird places. You want some crazy <laughs> Craig Kimbrell stats now that I'm looking at them. Oh, boy. Um, so ERA plus, same idea as OPS plus. 100 is the major league average, and then anything above that. So what I'm trying to say is in 2012, Craig Kimbrell had an ERA plus of 399, <laughs> meaning he was 299% better than every other major league pitcher and he finished eighth in the mvp voting that's that's wild yeah eight the mvp we're talking about byron buxton finishing in the top eight (laughs) and we got craig kimbrough i mean that's what it takes as a pitcher though but he pitched 60 you only pitching six i mean i i know is dominant and is very valuable but you're only pitching 62 innings in a 162 game season, you're getting eighth MVP voting. Yeah, but you're, you know, if you're like Kimbrel and you're closing games, you're not, yeah. not coming in daily, and you're not coming in for long. Yeah, I guess that's true. But, but yeah, that's crazy. I was like eighth in MVP voting. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, it happens. I think, yeah, I, I think. Going back to Byron Buxton, I really think he's almost a lock to finish top eight if he continues. Well, obviously, if he continues his production, but yeah, he's got this he defensive high. war. 
too. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really helps his all-around product. Because he's already finished not like – I think he's finished top 10 in MVP already in his career once. Um, just because he – and that was like a year he had like 800-something OPS. Here, let me see. No, or he's finished top 20 twice. Um, I, I, who cares about top 20? <laughs> I know, but, but still, like, Byron Buxton <laughs> – going into this you wouldn't think of him as a top 20 mvp candidate yeah no i i think it was something that was expected of him as a prospect that we've just never seen in the majors like i said earlier so i'm excited man and then talking about the going back to the tatis injury so now that tatis is hurt we talked about the korean baseball league last year we're seeing the korean shortstop kind of become their everyday guy there he played great he hit his his first major league home run today yeah Big props to him. I mean, I must say, against the Giants, he did not look that good. He kind of had no. a rough series. He's been good defensively, though. Uh, he made a couple errors against the Giants. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, he, it, getting more. But you know what? That was his first time being an everyday starter in the MLB. You're going to have growing paint. Like, uh, look, he didn't make any errors during the during the no hitter. And he yeah, threw the hey, last. That's out. what matters. That's what matters. Right. And he's getting better. He hit the home run like he's getting more comfortable. So that's huge for him. Yeah, and for any of our listeners thinking that you might be having a stroke, we didn't talk about it last year. We talked about it last episode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> guys, I, I, like I've said multiple times, I'm having a rough day. Like, coffee is just not working for me. My brain is just uh, out of it. Yeah, good thing we got other jobs, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep my day job. Yeah. Uh, oh man, just in shambles. I think. Well, uh, well, I, I want to have an interesting little discussion. How do you, how are you guys feeling about the extra innings rule? The runner on second to start every extra inning frame. I, I don't nah. I feel like I wouldn't hate it as much if it was a runner on first. I feel All like right. I have a problem with it being a runner on second. Cause so often you just see like a, sack fly move the runner to third bunt like something like dumb happens and then there's one out with a runner on third like that yeah i mean it's it's one of those things i understand it the idea just being more action well not even just more action the idea being you've already gone nine innings please god make it end (laughs) like get the game over with this as quickly as possible and if we just start throwing runners in scoring position to start innings that's how you get it done It's, it's a pace of play thing but the same thing could be accomplished by just, you know, capping the amount of innings that you can play, but people wouldn't like that either. Uh, I don't want to tie. I don't want to see professional games end in ties. Yeah. So know. I'd rather have this rule than a tie, but along sure. the same lines, it's 162 game season. How much would ties really affect it? Right. That'd be interesting to look into. It would be, it would be interesting. I don't know. You can look at the KBO. They got ties. Yeah. But I play softball and when we play softball and have a tie, I just don't even want, like, it's worse than a loss mentally. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of middle of the road for the, uh, the runner on second to start extras rule. I don't hate it. I don't, I, I don't, I have no strong feelings about it one way or another. I think I also agree with that. What about you, Noah? Yeah, I'm kind of on a similar route. I see what it does for baseball in terms of maintaining player health and not overstressing pitchers and, you know, quickening things up. But then also if they got rid of it, I would, it's not like when the universal DDH came and then they got rid of it. And I was like, Oh no, like, I think I would, I would enjoy if they got rid of it too, but also I'm like, okay, I see what it does and I accept it. But uh, I I don't know if I super enjoy it, you know? I think what bothers me the most about it is you start with a runner on second and the first hitter hits a two, a home run. It's a two run Homer. And now just like that, like say the next three guys strike out, like you're going into the bottom, you allowed one hit and you're down two. Yeah. And like, he, yeah, but you got to run on second back. though. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I just, I don't know. It's, uh, it is by no means perfect. It's also, far from the worst overtime rule in professional sports. So. Yeah, I fully agree. <laughs> yeah. Look at you NFL and your stupid ass overtime <laughs> system. <laughs> yeah, let's just not give the ball fan, to one of the fan. teams. Adam being a Saints fan loves the refs. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're great. 
they're really really cool how how, <laughs> how are you doing on time brian oh we're doing pretty good man we can end it whenever okay well i guess while we're here i i didn't have this written down but we got how are we feeling about seven inning double headers i i mean it totally makes sense like, as makeup games yeah i'm all for it yeah like dude playing i would never want to see one game like if it was just one game and it's seven innings i have a problem with it but where they need to fit two games in like it totally makes sense save your pitchers because otherwise like dude you might have to use all your pitchers to get through those two games and then the next day you're like oh i used all my pitchers like Mm -hmm. yeah i like it too i just like but then um it counts as a complete game if you go all seven innings. Pretty yeah. sure, right? Yeah, yeah, it does because I, it, Bauer had one last year. It will be mm-hmm. interesting if someone throws. Out. Eventually, it's going to happen where someone throws a perfect game in a doubleheader. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if it was that, but I know Bauer got got credited for a complete game shutout on a seven yeah. inning game. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And in the like in the book, it's going to look like a normal no like perfect game. Yep. But it'll be interesting because it'll always have the little asterisk. This is only seven innings. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I no, I like I like the seven inning doubleheader, but then, um, but yeah, it's just not the same. So it would be interesting if uh, if that happens. I think it's a rare enough occurrence that they're not. Yeah, yeah. they don't really care. It'll mm-hmm. just be fun. We'll cross that bridge if we get to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think for week two of the MLB and week four of our podcast. This is going to wrap it up. How are you guys feeling? I'm feeling good. JD Martinez is oh, one of the best yeah. hitters on earth, but well, he, well, he's on the COVID IL, but he just has cold symptoms. Oh, From okay. when, I, when I was hearing Cora was like, yeah, he might be playing tomorrow. He just needs to get a couple negative COVID tests. And then, okay. That so happened not, to Alex Dickerson last year, actually on the giants. But yeah, not too worried, but I'm hyped on the Red Sox. JD Martinez is on fire. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Garrett Whitlock and Matt Barnes are look like two of the nastiest bullpen arms in baseball. Garrett Whitlock from the Yankees rule five pick shout out. Ooh, um, love it. Love to see those rule five. Yeah, picks. Yeah. And then we got Ottavino <laughs> had a rough outing today, but also another guy from the Yankees that we're looking to. I like Ottavino. Yeah. I know Ottavino has always been fun to watch, even when he was with the Rockies. Yeah. I, I tried to save my Red Sox hype for the end. Yeah. So I, I can't continue. I mean, I'm myself. watching the Jays are sitting at 11 to one right now over LA. Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm watching. Yeah. I'm watching Toronto it. finally actually light it up on offense. <laughs> I feel like I'm definitely the most biased during the podcast, yeah. <laughs> but Hey, I'll do what I want to do. No, yeah. Adam for your first episode as being, a host. Oh my gosh! Exciting host. I mean, I feel good. Be good to. It's good to be back. I'll be back again. <laughs> Woo! Okay, Yay. guys, that's gonna wrap it up for this week. We'll see you next week. Have a good week. Make sure you tweet at us at nonstop bb pod on Twitter, or you can message us on Instagram. We'll get it. It's all the same. Other than that, goodbye. Peace. See ya.